So we are still in um, the Easter season, the great 50 days of Easter. Um, and this Sunday, today, is the day within the life cycle of the Christian year that we celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ. When Christ ascended into heaven and took his place at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. It is the day that we name that Christ is no longer bodily present here on earth, but that Christ is also no longer bound by time nor space. Christ is in all times, in all places. We opened worship with the reading of Acts 1, Luke's account of the ascension before beginning the story of the early church and the early Christians that is the book of Acts. We shared the Apostles' Creed together, the ancient affirmation of faith that retells the story of our faith. And now we're going to jump back a little bit in the story to John chapter 20. Jesus preparing the disciples for his crucifixion and for this day. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. By the power of the Holy Spirit, open our minds to your word. Your Son, who comes to us as one of us, and ascends to the heavens to remain with us. Amen. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the reading and the hearing of God's word for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, last week uh, for baccalaureate, we took a little break um, from the line-by-line -line pieces of that work, Transformation. We've been using that work, it's on the front of your bulletin today, to kind of guide our time and our worship together through the Easter season. But as I laid out the Easter season you know, a few months ago, it was always the plan to use the last three lines of that work for this day. The living, risen Christ consecrates and guides that which is strong within us, restores us to the world which needs us, reaches out in endless love to others through us. The living, risen Christ consecrates and guides that which is strong within us, restores us to the world which needs us, reaches out in endless love to others through us. I've held on tight to those lines this week because quite frankly, I needed a God who could call out the good. A story of faith that says there is good. A God that is active and present and moving in God's people in a way that is indeed transformative. 
And while I held tightly um, to this God for comfort, to those lines, to help my brain kind of stop spinning in the midst, I also found myself getting really angry. We as church, you and I, we believe in a God of peace and love and mercy and justice who calls us to be bearers of that good news, to embody peace and love and mercy and justice. We live in a state that mandated in God we trust on our flag, and yet we just walk through a week that reminded us that we are stuck at a standstill. Nothing, nothing it seems can be done to create a country where children can go to school safely or individuals and families can go to the grocery store safely. This can't be right. Our story of faith says something other. What we believe says something other. Now, as I thought about this this week, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to believe that we as church can create some sort of utopia, that we can get rid of all the problems, all the violence, all the hurt. We can't. Some of this is just part of the brokenness of our world. But what I found myself reflecting on this week as I held those lines from the end of that work transformation, as I read through scripture for this week, what I found myself holding on to is this. Maybe creating utopia or getting rid of all the bad isn't the point. Maybe that's not even our calling. It isn't about what you and I can do because it isn't you and I, nor the church, who creates beauty out of pain, who calls forth life from the very place of death. It's about God and the redemptive, restorative, transformational work God has done and can do and will do through the work of Christ. It isn't about my glory or our glory. It's about the work we as church do to bring God glory. And that glory is lifted and shines when we live into the vision God has set before us with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The comfort, the place of peace I have found um, is not in, I'll be honest, thoughts and prayers. It's not even in reminding myself that evil will not win, but in the truth that we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we have all that we need to enact change if we but choose to remember whose we are. Oh God, you are my God. I will ever praise you. I'll seek you in the morning. I'll learn to walk in your ways. Step by step, you'll lead me. I'll follow you all of my days. 
there's a VeggieTales episode um, about David and Goliath. It's called David and the Giant Pickle. And there's a line in there that as I watched it with my children when they were younger, we haven't watched VeggieTales in a, way, in a while, and I'm kind of okay with that. Um, but there is a line in that um, that almost made me cry when I would watch it with them. Just to give you a quick summary. In the Old, Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, we find the story of David and Goliath, not Dave and the giant pickle. The Israelites were facing the Philistines in battle, and the Philistines had Goliath, a champion, one who could not be beaten. All Israel had to do was send someone to defeat Goliath, and all would be over. But they were scared. No one could take on such a mighty warrior. All seemed hopeless until David, the baby of the family, shows up to bring supplies to the army of Israel. In the VeggieTales episode, it's pizza. He sees Goliath. He sees the Israelite army cowering in fear. And this is the line in VeggieTales that got me every time. Come on, you guys. Have you forgotten? We're the children of God. We have Goliaths to defeat. And they can be defeated because we're the children of God. When I was in the seventh or eighth grade, I can't remember which, but I do remember it was junior high. There was a student walkout planned. It was one of the various times when school prayer was in the news, and some students had organized a walkout to advocate for school prayer. Now, people knew I went to church. They knew I was involved with my youth group. They knew that I spoke at church, knew I was a Christian. So I was approached about helping and about walking out. When I was asked to participate, I looked at my friends and my fellow students, and I said, do you want to pray? Well, let's pray right now. We don't have to make a scene. No one has to see us. No one will know. We just pray on our own. They can't stop us. I got kind of a blank stare, and one of my friends kind of like started to open her mouth and say something and then didn't, so they just walked off and went to the next person to recruit. The students that walked out, it made the paper. Students got suspended, that also made the paper. I didn't walk out, but I did pray. I thought about this event in my life a lot this week, about the ways that we get pulled in so many different directions about the passions we each have and carry, about how easy it is to put the emphasis on the wrong thing, um, or as they said in the Austin Powers movie, you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I've been praying all week about um, help, something to help me with the words to express the tension I feel knowing that right now my daughter attends a school that has books like The Kite Runner placed behind a counter because she may be harmed by reading it, or the fact that I live in a state that passed legislation over how schools can talk about history because we're worried about talking about racism because it will harm our kids. 
but assault weapons. Assault weapons can't be touched. Even as harm takes place right in front of our eyes. And it isn't just this. You all know that. We are in a season of lines in the sand. And we could go round and round, give a laundry list of all of those lines. And I'm the first to admit, I am mixed up in it as just as much as anyone else. So I prayed for words. And what I finally came to was this. I can't speak today as an American. I can't speak to America. I'm called to speak as a Christian. As one who has accepted the way of Jesus as my light and my guide. I speak to the church, to us, as a community defined by the sacrificial servanthood of Jesus Christ. And the comfort, the place of peace I have found, it's not in thoughts and prayers, it's not even in reminding myself that evil will not win. But in the truth, the powerful truth that we have all we need to enact change if we but choose to remember whose we are. This is all I have. This is what I lean into. This, and I join those disciples we meet in chapter 20 of John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked because they were afraid. In John 20, there's a weight in the room, a heaviness. I don't know if you remember, but this is how we began this whole series seven weeks ago with this reading from John 20, with these words. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked because they were afraid. In John 20, there's a weight in the room, a heaviness. But almost immediately, what we are told is that fear and brokenness do not keep Christ from being present in power and in grace. Darkness and hurt and anger, misdirected passions, even locked doors do not prevent Jesus from suddenly appearing, speaking peace into the weight of the world. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The living, risen Christ consecrates and guides that which is strong within us, 
restores us to this world which needs us, reaches out in endless love to others through us. Come on, you guys. Have you forgotten? We're the children of God. We have all that we need to enact change if we will but remember whose we are. As Jesus ascended, his words to us are this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. May it be so. Amen.